Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, welcome back. Guys, we're going to finish up today. This is the last part on our investing uh, series that we've been doing. These go back now a couple of weeks. You guys, based on the feedback and the number of people listening to the show lately, I would say this was a topic you guys want to hear more about. So we'll be talking more about it in the future. Julie, make sure you're reading your chats. Um, so guys, here's the thing. We have a very, I would say, you know, resolute philosophy on investing in real estate, investing period. And really where it comes back to is you guys being responsible ultimately for where you want to be um, and then learning how to think critically about the advice that you're receiving. Too often, our, the advice that we receive from folks that we think are qualified to give us advice, they're just really, they're serving their own agenda. And I found this especially true when it comes to investing. And their own agenda, by the way, might just be being lazy. <laughs> their own agenda might just be to answer your question as quickly as possible so they can go off back to doing something else. Or their own agenda might be because like, and you guys will find this out, the more you, the wealthier you become, the harder it is to find people to give you any sort of really, you know, sound advice. There'll be lots of people, of course, that will be willing to sell you things like your financial planner and all these fancy terms. I mean, who is Julie? Tony Robbins just came out with a really kick-ass book recently. Can you do me a favor, Julie, and Google that real quick? Sure. Go over to Amazon, just put Anthony Robbins. You guys, you guys really should read this book. I really loved how, um, you know, he put this book together. It was not something that was necessarily in his wheelhouse. And he, uh, I think he knew that. So he basically had most of the book essentially written by financial guru types. And they're all pay people that are absolutely worth uh, reading what they have to say or listening as we do on, on when we listen to books on tape, you know. So here's the thing that I really took away. And I think it was the real heart of what his book was. And, that, and I'm focusing on, you know, hoping you guys are under, helping and hoping you guys start to understand that you have to do your own homework on things, especially when it comes to financial planning and building wealth. So he basically, the conclusion of the book was yeah, unshakable, your future freedom uh, playbook. Thank you, Julie, uh, by Tony yeah. Robbins or Anthony Robbins. So um, yeah, the bottom line was is most of the financial stuff that we're being sold, all of us are being sold. is just basically, essentially a salesperson trying to sell us something that's going to give them commission. And so when you go to a financial planner and you go to a, it doesn't matter. They have all these fancy terms, all these fancy words, you know, you, someone sitting in a, you know, a decent office who has all these computer graphs and charts and projections and all this bullshit. And you're like, you know, this isn't your thing. you do not, maybe you didn't even, maybe you can't even add. So you're totally trusting this person to give you sound financial advice. And, uh, you know, then you sign away, yeah, cert, you, you're paying a certain percent every year for your, you know, the value of your portfolio. And then you're buying in products that are basically they're selling to you because they pay the most in, uh, uh, you know, uh, commission to them commission. and all this crap that yep. you shouldn't have to really, you know, but that's the industry. That is what, that is the reason that for years, the financial services industry would actually teach their salesperson, AKA stockbrokers, now AKA financial advisors, right? They teach them all to sell against real estate because if people started buying real estate as investments, then they wouldn't have the money to put towards stocks and the industry wouldn't make commissions. You guys get me on all this? So the point of all this is you need 
to start being really, really well educated on where you're going to put your money. And, re- and, and in the last few shows, and certainly in Harris Rules and Harris Rules Updated, which is coming out in 2019, we're going, we're deep diving into a lot of this because um, we underestimated the number of you that would be really seriously interested in this aspect of it. It seems like most of you guys have been around the bend with uh, blindly trusting people that come to you with the idea that they're going to protect your money. I think you're realizing that most of those people are out for themselves. You know what? And I think that actually carries through to when you're seeking business advice in general, you need to really become, I don't care if every single agent you know tells you this, whatever it is, silver bullet is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't care if every single agent in your office is telling you, you have to go to this seminar or you have to listen to this guru. You need to decide for yourself, whether that's somebody that you need to listen to. And really, you need to set up some you know, basic criteria of who you're willing to listen to as far as who's going to give you information. Because again, in our industry, guys, and, you know, we're in the, you, you could say we're in the coaching business. You could say we're in the media syndication business. You can say we're in the, you know, whatever, you know, we're authors, whatever. We're, we basically create content, create information and help you guys build your businesses. You know, I don't, I hate the word guru. Some of you guys call us gurus. Please don't. I don't like that. We've been saying that for years. Um, a guru is someone who wants to take your power away. Our mission is just the opposite. But my point is, is you, again, learn to be a real, you know, studier of, of deciding who you're going to listen to, who you're going to get advice from. Because if you don't, you know, Julie and I are now in our 40s. And I can look back, you know, it's nice to have the ability to look back. Um, you know, and I see all the people that have come into our lives that have offered financial advice or business building advice. Or people that were, um, you know, told in our industry, our, our industry is plagued with people who, especially during the, um, you know, the real estate crash, there are all these supposed self-appointed gurus that came up in our industry, the big brokers and even, you know, the different associations, they hoisted these people up on stage and said, listen to these people. Well, but if you spent 10 minutes researching those people, you'd realize that they had absolutely no background in what they were talking about. They were just stage performers trying to sell you a book or trying to sell you a program or, you know, something like that. Again, be skeptical because what's going to happen when you start thinking for yourself and taking ultimate ownership of your own future, when you stop trying to delegate what is the point of being in business, which is to create profit and with that profit, you're supposed to reinvest it. When you own that experience, you're going to start realizing that at the end of the day, there really are very few paths to follow when it comes to A, making money, B, you know, creating profit, and C, truly, there's very, very few paths for 99% of us, normal folks. You know, when Julie and I got into business, when we got into real estate, we are early 20s. We don't tell the story. We're going to, we're going to tell it in the new book. We had to go to the thrift shop and we had to, uh, uh, with borrowed money and we had to buy dress clothes because we didn't have any dress clothes. You know, we all of our original uh, year, our first couple of years selling real, well, really first year selling real estate, we were getting our clothes from thrift shops. Um, that's how broke we were. When we got into the business, we were tens of thousands of dollars in debt from uh, student loans. Now, this was, you know, 25 years ago. But the point of it, it's the same. We did not come from money. Most of you don't come from money. There's, you know, the fact is, is people with money, generally speaking, don't get into real estate or don't start into real estate. There's a lot of folks that actually are coming to real estate in, uh, with money, which is fascinating to me as second careers. But that aside, you are come from humble beginnings. You probably don't have a, a deep depth and breadth of uh, financial background and advice and knowing how to put your, you know, because your parents didn't know, you didn't know, you weren't educated to know. 
It's your responsibility to know or guess what will happen. You'll come across more and more people that will tell you the latest and greatest way to buy leads in our business, right? Or the latest and greatest way to you know, buy stock or you know, look what's happening to cryptocurrency. It's crashing. And oh my gosh, how many people are telling you to buy Bitcoin and all this crap. Whereas if you'd kept to the really the fundamental playbook that's been in place for guys thousands of years and how to accumulate, keep and grow wealth, it's not a mystery. It's all the people out there that are trying to sell you the secret on how to do it. But there is no secret. It's a path to follow. You just have to choose to stay the path. And when all these people pop up out of the woodwork trying to sell you some shortcut, you need to say, you know, I was about to use a bad word, but I won't. You need to say no, thank you. And you need to move on down the path. I mean, that goes back to doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That applies to pretty much all aspects of life. So, Julie, you can tell what kind of coaching calls I've had this morning. <laughs> so anything you'd like to add to that? Indeed. <laughs> Welcome to Monday. Uh, no, I mean, that's the thing. It's so interesting to me that in an industry where agents are often scrutinized and asked what makes you different, why is it that oftentimes they don't ask their alleged advisors what makes them different? And in my profession, why should I be trusting you to give me good advice? Give me your credentials, you know? I mean, I think it's completely appropriate. And you've got to really be careful and follow, are they making a commission on that? What's, you know, is this really the best thing for me and my family? So I think that that's valid. And I wish more people had our listeners' backs, but we certainly try to. And you've got to ask questions and drill down just like everything else in life. That's okay. But Julie, and then make Julie you just said, yeah. but you just said something, I, I, you know, I, I don't even believe I, I think most credentials are bullshit. I mean, look, how many people were chopping well, around yeah. during the real estate crash saying they were short sale experts actually had that as part of their designation. They never done a short sale. That was a total bullshit thing. And that was tons of them. Mm -hmm. There was tons, thousands of you. Well, you know, if you weren't in the business, you weren't part of this. But thousands of agents were tromping around calling themselves experts at short sales. Never done a short sale. Didn't know what a short sale was. But they paid 400 bucks and took a class. And so now they're experts. Yeah. Guys, come on. You think the financial services industry is any better? It's the same thing. So look, the chapter, what is it, Julie? 17 in our book. We lay out a very, mm -hmm. very specific, easy to understand financial plan. You know, you get really good at selling real estate. You produce profit. With that profit, you invest it. You invest it in tax-wise, uh, different accounts. We tell you, you know, different ways to go about investing. We talked about this before on a podcast. But the, the path to follow is very clear. Do yourself a favor. Get the information that we're providing, and I want you to research it so you feel 100% comfortable and confident that the advice we're giving you on accumulating uh, investment properties and whatnot is the right move for you. It is, but you need to go and research it yourself so you're not just following the same you know, pattern as everybody else. Because if, if there's a statistic out there, guys, and it's shocking to me. Something like 90% of everybody retires, whatever that is, at 67 or whatever, and they're either dependent on the government or a family member to pay their bills. In other words, Social Security or a combination of Social Security and the welfare from their family members. And yet they've had, what, a long time, a lifetime of opportunity to earn, save, and invest. What's happened to the money? It's not that they haven't earned enough. It hasn't, it doesn't even, it's not even necessary they haven't saved enough. It's just that along the way, they didn't research enough on who they were investing the money with. And so that's where I want you guys don't have this information hit you and cause you to be fear and fearful and has, you know, basically run you into a corner and say, I don't know what to do. Don't act like that. Just follow the, the advice that we gave you in Harris rules, the book, and uh, then scale the information by listening to some of our other podcasts and the new book, like I said, coming out in first quarter of 2019 is really going to give you a lot of deep dive information on it because frankly, we are really thrilled 
impressed if you want to know the truth that so many of you want more of this information. So Julie, speaking of the book, Yes, speaking of the book, over on Amazon, if you have not yet gotten your Harris Rules book, that's the title, you can do so downloading to your device. It'll say Kindle, but it's any device you may download to from Amazon. You can also buy the traditional hardcover, or you can use the Audible version, three ways for you to enjoy the book. And not just read, but certainly implement, just like Alicia Heslip, who writes this review, has done. She writes, there is no other book like it. Anyone who's looking for tools to succeed should read this. I've read many real estate books, and I always walk away feeling overwhelmed with so much information, but no action plan. Not with Harris Rules. I'm able to put it down and immediately implement. I've been carrying this book with me and referencing it. What an incredible resource. Tim and Julie lay out what needs to be done in order to create success in real estate, but it's applicable to any business. It's a 100% no BS book filled with honesty and action plans. I truly believe this will change each person's life who's willing to read it and, quote, do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Thank you, for Tim, thank you, Tim and Julie, for creating this book. I will forever use it as a tool to guide me through my business. So thank you for such a lovely, wonderful review, Alicia Heslip. So lots more where that came from. I think we're close to 400 reviews on Amazon. So if you still haven't gotten your book, really no excuses. You've got three formats. You can get that in. And then I wanted to recognize somebody over on our private Facebook page for our Premier Elite and VIP coaching members only. Angela Strasse writes, wanted to share for New Year's, I sent handwritten cards to 100 expireds from 200 from 2017, wishing them a happy New Year's and asking how I could help them sell their homes in 2018. Then I waited four days. I did receive about five calls from those mailings. I started calling out on those who I had not yet heard from. Great success. I now have an influx of new listings and contacts. I'm hoping to do this for each holiday. So nice job taking action, Angela. Handwritten note followed by prospecting calls. And now you have listing appointments to show for it. Hopefully you're taking those listings as a result. I'm sure you will. And lots of support for that action on the Facebook page. Uh, several people from our group are connecting with uh, referrals and accountability partners and things of that nature. And congratulations to Jeannie Castor-Brumfield, who has now completed her pre-listing package and states, I will now overcome my fear of making calls. <laughs> and it's funny how that works, Tim, once they get their pre-listing package all polished up. Then they find their call mojo, their lead follow-up mojo. They feel like prospecting more, going on more appointments, because now you've got the confidence to know that you're going to take it. And I love seeing that. I'm sure you do too. Yeah, it's awesome. It's the best part of being a coach. We get to ride shotgun with you guys as you ascend in your real estate careers. And also, by the way, your personal lives. Speaking of which, the event page. Um, let me make sure I give you guys the correct URL. Mr. Ventura has already barked at me to make sure I talk about this. So let me put it up. Where is it? Um, I don't remember it. Okay, the Harris VIP Harris VIP Mastermind .com, Harris VIP Mastermind. So the event page for the event we're doing in July is now live. We're only in these. This is the only way we're going to do these events. Julie and I, you know, frankly, we don't like doing events. We'll do a, we'll do private events. We'll do events for brokers. You know, things like that. But as far as a big, huge event, we're not. That's not our thing. We like the smaller events where we can really deliver high quality information. Where frankly, we can get everyone gets to know each other. We get to know everybody. So we, this is the first of uh, a series of small masterminds we're going to be doing. Um, the first one is going to be taking place in July, um, and plenty of opportunity for you guys to uh, plan for that. It's the last Saturday. So and we have uh, scheduled and booked Ryan Holiday is probably I think arguably one of the 
I don't know, he's probably one of the most influential writers and one of the most influential minds that have entered into the, um, you know, unconscious conscious. Uh, un, what's the word, Julie? <laughs> His, what he's saying. Zeitgeist. Yeah, there you go. The, the modern zeitgeist. Ooh, ooh, Julie's got, she could tell that girl's had her coffee today. Yes, that's what that's I'm right. saying. And so this guy, this guy's written six New York Times bestselling books is, you know, just phenomenal. So he's going to be our guest speaker and he's going to be there on Saturday. And you definitely want to, uh, you know, he doesn't, he's very selective on where he does events. Fortunately, he lives in here in Austin. So it's easy for him to um, do the day event no with us. And we're, and, yeah, no excuses. That's right. So look, if, if you have not uh, bought your ticket yet, there's only gonna be 50 tickets available. Uh, I know we have a lot of uh, clients who are planning on it. And they, if you don't, and the tickets sell out, tough mariachis. The next event we're going to be doing is going to be in Hawaii, probably. Yeah, well, definitely. And it's going to be in uh, December. And then after that, in next year, we're going to be doing some more. But there it is, guys. That's what the plan is. If you're, a lot of you have said that you wanted to go to a live Tim and Julie event, um, but your broker wasn't you know, putting one together or hosting one. Here's one that we're going to be putting together. So if you want to attend, go to uh, harrisvipmastermind.com. So Julie, let's, let's blaze through these points. Yes. And guys, the notes on what Julie's going to be talking about in their completion are going to be posted on timandjulieharris.com. So if you want all the drill down information after you listen to today's show, just go there. Thanks. Go ahead, Julie. Yes, which is important because there's a lot of very specific numbers-oriented, rules-oriented things regarding government-backed multifamily financing. So I'm going to go through this relatively quickly because it's pretty analytical and because we are posting it with a nice uh, graph of how to sort all of this out. I'm also putting this on our Premier Coaching website for permanent reference for our coaching clients uh, because not every program is the same. So government-backed multifamily financing. Uh, that's multifamily loans sponsored by Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and FHA. So we're putting them all in the same bucket as government-backed multifamily financing. Now, there are more options than that, but these are the main ones. And mainly we're focusing on two to four units for some of these programs, and then others are for five units plus. That's sort of the cutoff line where you decide which program makes the most sense. Government-backed multifamily financing has terms of between five and 35 years, so you can finance for as long as 35 years, and are issued by government-approved mortgage lenders. Okay, so Tim, in your notes, scan down below that chart, and we'll get into a little bit more digestible version of this. So here's the rules. Both Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have conforming multifamily loans that can finance properties of between two and four units. For these government-backed conforming loans, the minimum loan amount can be as low as $100,000. And the maximum amount for a two-unit property, you go from, um, depending on whether it's Fannie or Freddie, $533,000 to $800,755. Three units are about 600 to almost a million. Four units are 800 to a million too. Now, the loan amount for these conforming government loans also requires an 80% loan to value, which means as an investor, you can expect to put at least 20% of a multifamily property purchase price for your down payment. Sometimes they will require more, but you can count on not putting down any less than 20%. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac also have multifamily financing loans for five or more units. These are government-backed, which can sometimes be referred to as small balance loans, multifamily loans, 
And typically, Fannie goes from 750,000 to 3 million or more, and Freddie from a million to 6 million. But remember, that's going to be a higher purchase price because we're talking about more units. This is a five unit and higher. Again, 20% down, no less. You're not going to be getting these loans if you only have 10% down. Now, the FHA doesn't have a loan program for multifamilies with fewer than four units. Instead, it has what's called an FHA 223F apartment loan option for properties with five or more units. The minimum loan amount is a million, but they have no maximum loan amount. Okay, so the FHA 223F can go 87%, okay? So this is for five families and more, and in this case, on the FHA 223F, you can get away with, I believe that's 13% down, and yes, 13% of the purchase price down. So like I said, lots of rules, so you don't have to memorize this stuff. We're just making you uh, dangerous enough to talk the talk and not say, oh, I don't do that. I can't help you. I have to refer you to a commercial agent. You say, yes, it would be my pleasure to help you with that. Let me print off what I have from my coaching program where it enumerates exactly what the rules are for each and every one of these government-backed multifamily uh, financing programs. That way we can choose which is best for you. You see the difference? Oh, no, I'll refer it off versus, yes, it's my pleasure. Let's talk about what works for you. We don't expect you to know how to do these loans unless you actually are a loan officer, and I know there are some of you out there listening, and that's fine, but for our uh, mostly residential-based uh, listeners, just know your ins and outs, just like you do the difference between a first-time buyer deal and relocation. This is just another spoke for you. Does that make sense, Tim? It does. So let's talk about max loan amounts, Julie. Yes. Okay. So uh, let's see. Maximum loan amounts. Where are you in my thing? So government-backed uh, multifamily finance. Yes, go ahead. Financing terms. Okay. Yes, both Fannie and Freddie have terms between five and 30 years. Shorter terms have adjustable rates. Longer terms have fixed rates. The time to approve loan funding with these multifamily loans are 60 to 90 days, so slightly longer than you're used to with normal residential stuff. For FHA-backed multifamily loans, you can go, again, as long as 35 years. Again, that's on FHA. And since there are more regulations and guidelines with FHA, the time to approval might be as long as 180 days. Always plan for the worst and hope for the best. And if you can close faster, that's all good. But be aware, getting through the FHA requirements will take you a little bit longer to do. Now, let what me, are the Julie, qualifications? Me, Go ahead. Yeah, let, that's what I wanted to talk about, actually. So, this, guys, this is where it gets interesting. So the, we're going to tell you about Fannie Mae qualifications, Freddie Mac, and then FHA multifamily loans. And I'm going to actually go through this relatively quick because this is important. So Fannie Mae, get this, guys. This is uh, to a two, uh, you know, basically this could be even more than a five unit, but let's just say a two-door two to a, a five-door building, right? So a two-family to a five-family and hypothetically even more than a, a five-unit, but let's just say up to five units. You have to have a credit score of 680, at least 680. Uh, that's your personal credit score. Um, your you, the uh, occupancy only has to be 85% minimum occupancy, nine months liquidity. In other words, you have to have nine months of savings and three months of stable occupancy in the building. Now, okay, that's 680. That's you know most people have a 680. But here's what's interesting: Freddie Mac, which is another government program. Some of you guys I realize don't know that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and FHA. These are all government-backed programs. Tax dollars are essentially at work here. So Fannie Mae, I'm sorry, uh, Freddie Mac 
is interesting. Same idea, five units, you could borrow more, you could get a bigger building, but really five units is the max where they feel comfortable, but they will do more doors. And, you know, maybe you're buying a 10 family or whatever, but, you know, generally speaking, that's how it works. So uh, 650 personal credit score, okay? And you have, you have to have a slightly higher occupancy rate, 90%, nine months liquidity, same as Fannie, and three months stable occupancy. And then you pop over to FHA, and I think FHA actually requires, let me look here, I think they required the least down payment too. But FHA, again, was 650 credit score. Um, now, FHA does require a higher occupancy rate of 95%, and they do require longer six-month stable occupancy, but I'm looking for their down payment. Um, where's the down payment? Oh, here it is. Okay, uh, so FHA, yes, yeah. I, re I remember, I got it. So Fannie Mae, guys, you need a 20% uh, loan to, to value ratio, so you have to basically put 20% down. Um, Freddie Mac is 20% down, and FHA is 13% down. Now, we're giving you the rough ideas. Again, you guys want to, uh, when you're finding a loan officer, here's what's, here's what's interesting. Your loan officer might not be able to give you Fannie Freddie FHA loans. They might, not, so you have to go to like Freddie Mac is where I would start if I was looking to do a multifamily loan. And you have to go to Freddie Mac's website and you need to get a list of their approved lenders. Your lender, I said this is the second time I'm saying, I'm just saying it in a different way, might not be able to do Fannie Freddie loans. And uh, because you have to be FHA approved and not every lender is. Are you guys listening to me? So um, you'll ask your lender, you're going to email them, chat them, text them right now. And you're going to say, are you Fannie Freddie? They're going to, they might not come out and tell you that they're not. They might say, well, we, you know, we can do those, but we will, we have another program that's even better. See what they're trying to do is flip you to a different product. So they probably aren't on the approved list to do Fannie Freddie loans because Fannie Freddie, the process to be a Fannie Freddie approved lender is way more strenuous. If I remember correctly, they have to, uh, the lenders have to basically, you know, essentially have a vastly higher standard for how they keep run their businesses and the loan portfolios and the just the whole thing is much more professional, much more regulated. I don't know if the word, you know, professional and regulated go together, but you guys get the idea. Uh, so really when you're looking for a lender, that it's going to be able to do a loan for one of these, definitely go to Fannie Mae's or Freddie Mac's website. Generally speaking, uh, if they're one, they're both in terms of approved to do loans on there. Now the maximum loan amount, and we say maximum because sometimes it'll fluctuate, but the maximum loan amount you can do with uh, Fannie Mae is $5 million. The maximum loan amount you can do with Freddie Mac is $6 million. But here's the amazing part, you guys ready for this? With, Fan, uh, with FHA, there's no maximum. So you can hypothetically go to Fannie Mae or I'm sorry, the FHA, all these silly words, right? Only the government would have a, an entity called Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae. But you can, go, you can go to the FHA and you could actually ask them for, you know, hypothetically a $20 million loan. And if the numbers made sense, they would give it to you. So do start with the government-backed lending and then venture off into uh, the other lenders because you might find that you will have an easier time of getting the loan with less hassle and less money down, which is the opposite of what a lot of you experience. Now, they might, there might be overlays. So if you go to your local lender and they, uh, and they do have the ability to do government-backed loans, they might do overlays, so their standards might be higher. You wanna ask them before you spend the time of committing to a particular lender what overlays they have for their particular loan programs for buying multifamilies. Because that might be the end of the conversation right there if they have ridiculous overlays. You know, sometimes, for example, I told you the minimum credit score for a, a Freddie or an FHA is 650, well, the lender might want a minimum credit score of like 725. And if that's the case, call another lender who's also FHA approved and ask what their 
overlays are. And you'll have to shop around a little bit if you have a credit score that's, you know, not meeting whatever their requirement is. You guys following me on all this? So our goal, and again, all these notes, and we're talking about government-backed multifamily interest rates, uh, fees. Um, Julie did some research on government-backed multifamily finance terms, government-backed multifamily finance qualifications, all this stuff. All this is going to be on our website, timandjulieharris.com. All this analytical lender stuff doesn't make for a very good podcast, I realize, but it does get you started. And our goal for providing this information to you starting a couple of weeks ago now was to make you realize that the path to creating passive wealth through rental properties was easier than you think. And it's quicker than you think. Um, the only other thing we're going to talk about, and we're going to do this on another show, and this, this applies to not just investing, but just in real estate in general, is how to create your down payment or how to get uh, do a owner finance type deal. Some of you guys are going to be in situations where, let's say you don't have the down payment, where you, but you run across the seller that has, you know, owns the property and they're willing to uh, do owner financing. Well, you need to know how that, those types of deals work because frankly, they're very easy to do. When the market tightens up, and this happens every time, more and more investors with multifamily deals, they'll be the first ones to offer owner financing. And it, the reason is simple. If someone sells, some guy who's wanting to retire, let's say, selling his five family for a million dollars, let's say, okay, he owns it outright. Well, he takes the million out and he doesn't want to be an investor. He doesn't want to be a real estate investor anymore. So he's going to pay the taxes or whatever. He's going to take the difference. He's going to put it in something that's probably going to give him a relatively crappy interest rate you know, maybe whatever crappy interest rate are at the time, let's just say 5% or 4%, which would be nowadays a fantastic interest rate, but in a tighter market, generally speaking, interest rates go up. But if you can offer him a mortgage, so in other words, you ask him to be your uh, mortgage E, he will actually uh, maybe can do it for like, say, for example, seven or 8%. The loan is collateralized by the real estate. So if you stop paying just like a normal mortgage company, he gets the property back. So you will find as we sort of, we're in sort of a, uh, a tsunami of uh, change as far as a lot of older baby boomers and such, and the generation before baby boomers who are selling out of these investment properties, they're the perfect types of multifamily uh, deals that you guys should be looking for. These pop up in the MLS occasionally, but most times they go before they are in the MLS. Most times listing agents are smart enough to buy these themselves. You guys should start looking in your marketplaces and looking for these two and three and four and five family buildings. And you'll find most times they're owned by uh, folks that just are getting ready to sell them and they own them outright. Well, you can create your own down payment. You can have them hold the paper for you. You know, you can have them do some version of owner financing and that's your a quick step into owning real estate. So here's the bottom line. Move forward on this information. Get more information, but don't make your life's mission about gathering information. Make your life's mission about taking action. Have a goal of purchasing one, two, three, five rental properties this year. Oh my gosh, sounds crazy, doesn't it? We've had literally thousands of coaching clients that have done it. We talked before on another show about your probably the fact you're probably going to have to buy in other real estate markets. You're, you know, go to American Homes for Rent. Go to these different, uh, what is it, BlackRock, I think. These different websites of these companies, these hedge funds, really, that own literally thousands, in some cases, millions of investment properties that they're renting. Look to see where they're purchasing. Maybe you look to see if you can purchase in those same markets. They're purchasing in Indianapolis, Indiana, Columbus, Ohio, North part of Atlanta. They're not purchasing in Southern California. That's the reason because the numbers don't make sense for you. They don't make sense for them. They're not purchasing in San Francisco to be, you know, for the most part for rental properties or Miami or these markets where the they, you know, real estate is just ridiculous and you can't get a decent return on investment. They're buying in these second and third tier markets. Um, 
and you should be too. And don't be nervous about buying real estate out of state. Julie and I talked about that on another podcast. So go back and listen to the podcast we've done on investing and get excited about this because you really truly can create. I don't know how many years you have till retirement. Our average listener is someone who's in their late 40s, which is interesting. And uh, so you have maybe, what, 67 is when your retirement age is. You can go to the Social Security Administration's website, put in your information with your Social Security number, and then they're going to ask you an estimate to how much money you're going to earn per year until now on 67. So put that number in. And they're going to give you a number that's going to be what you will hypothetically get um, in retirement per month. And most of you, the number is going to be less than $3,000 per month. Well, that's not going to be enough for you to live on. So you're going to need to figure out how to create other income for yourself. There's nothing better than going out and purchasing investment properties today and putting on 15-year notes, have the tenant pay it off for you, and that by the time you reach middle 60s, you will have not just Social Security, hopefully, you also have the passive the money coming from your investment properties. You can buy, uh, you know, say you buy five or six or 10 of these things and adjusted for inflation, you probably are going to be able to make more money in retirement consistently uh, than some of you make now if you are wise about this and don't waste time and take action on it. So look, guys, this is a lot of information. Hopefully we've given you enough information to get you excited to make you realize that, you know, it's not just some big black hole. It's not just some scary abyss that you know, you're not sure how to get through. You need to take responsibility. Stop waiting around for someone to say, hey, here's how you do it. Stop waiting around for someone to say, hey, here's what's going to save your bacon. You need to do it yourself. Otherwise, guys, you're just going to be like almost everybody else who is broke, basically. And by the time they reach the age of retirement, whatever that is, uh, retirement's more of a concept nowadays, where they basically are either dependent on the family member or the government or both just to make ends meet. That's not the existence you guys really want for yourselves, hopefully. So don't waste time thinking about actions that you're going to take. Listen to what we suggest, confirm that they're right for you, and then put them in place. If you guys need us for anything, I want you to feel free to email us anytime. It's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.